and amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Uh, we're continuing to see a conversation that uh, Jesus is having uh, with Pilate. Pilate is having with Jesus. And uh, we left off last week, Jeff left off last week, where um, Jesus uh, was brought before the religious rulers and the uh, angry crowd. And uh, the Jews had a tradition that uh, the the ruler of um, of Rome um, would bring before the Jews on Passover uh, two prisoners, and the and the crowd would the Jews would determine which prisoner uh, the Roman governor would set free. And so last week we we saw that uh, you know Pilate is in this situation. Um, and, you know, he doesn't want to make a decision about Jesus. He doesn't think that this is the decision that he should be making. This should be a Jewish decision. And uh, and he's trying to do whatever it takes to get them to uh, make the decision. So in his in Pilate's desperate, desperateness, he thought, okay, well, this is the tradition. So I'll bring Jesus out, and then I'll bring out a uh, a, a murderer, uh, a robber, a thief, I mean, a really bad guy in in Barabbas. And for sure, they're going to let Jesus go free, and I'm not going to have to make the decision. So here he brings Jesus and Bar- Barabbas before the crowd. And Pilate asks, who should I set free? And the crowd says, Barabbas. He chooses a murderer. We don't see the word murderer in John chapter 18, but we see it in Luke chapter 23. He chooses a, they choose a murderer over Jesus who has done nothing wrong. And so Pilate is beside himself. And so with that, we come to verse 1 of chapter 19. And I'm going to read through verse 16 this morning. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to the law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? 
But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement. And in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. There is a lot going on in this passage of scripture this morning. And uh, and I want to make sure that we keep the focus on Jesus. Okay, we're going to look at Pilate's predicament this morning. And, uh, you know, it would be really easy if this was a topical message that, you know, we could focus on on Pilate and talk about peer fret pressure and knowing the right thing to do, but uh, caving in to, to the peers and make it all about Pilate. But it's not about Pilate. It's about Jesus. And uh, we're going to be looking at Jesus and his humility and uh, his sovereignty and uh, some some things that Pilate says about Jesus this morning. But again, Pilate is in a predicament. He doesn't want to see this man crucified. Uh, he knows that this man is not guilty. He is absolutely innocent. And from a legal legal perspective, Pilate knows this. And so he's not about to uh, bring forth a verdict of guilty. He's not guilty. And John goes to great lengths to tell us that Jesus is not guilty. He is innocent. He is without sin. And so, so Pilate knows that Jesus is innocent but Pilate doesn't know just truly how innocent this man is. This man is without sin, the scripture says. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, that, you know, Jesus became a man and he went through everything that you and I go through. He was tempted in every way that we are tempted, yet without sin. He is 
completely blameless. Pilate doesn't know just how innocent Jesus is. But Pilate fears this man. He's heard about this man. This is the first time he's met Pilate, but the Bible says in uh, verse 8 of chapter 19, verse 8, it says, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. What What was the statement? That this Jesus had made himself out to be the son of God. He was claiming to be God. And as far as the Jews go, he was blaspheming God. No one, no man can make themselves out to be God. And yet this is Jesus's claim. And they tell this to Pilate. And when Pilate hears, hears that in verse eight, he says, it says, he was even more afraid. I mean, Pilate's heard from his wife. One of the reasons why Pilate doesn't want to make a decision about Jesus, that he's innocent, uh, Pilate's wife warned Pilate um, that she had a dream the night before. Matthew chapter 27, um, uh, verse 29. Have nothing to do with this man. Um, and so when Pilate hears that from his wife, you know, that he's fearful about that. And yet here he is in a situation and the crowd is forcing Pilate to make a decision, to sentence, uh, sentence this man. And, uh, and so he comes up with a plan. They chose Barabbas over Jesus. And so in verses 1 through 4, He's going to scourge Jesus. It's the cat of nine tails. It's the it's the abuse. The, it's the uh, the whipping that occurs uh, following the Barabbas Jesus scene. Uh, he was whipped. The Bible says thirty nine times. Criminals typically don't survive that kind of beating, but the Bible says that he was scourged. A crown of thorns was not just placed upon his head. It was forced upon his skull. The soldiers who had done the pulverizing of Jesus' body put the crown of thorns on his head, put a purple robe on his back, and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Matthew chapter 27 talks about the fact that they put a reed in his hand as a form of a scepter. And so here Jesus is. His body is pulverized. He's bloodied. He has this crown of thorns. He has this purple robe. Soldiers are making fun of him. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, they, they took the reed out of his hand and began to hit him across the face with his, with his scepter. Pilate had that done. And he was thinking that if they if I do that and I bring them before the Jews, hopefully at that, surely by that point, 
they will have mercy on him. And so in verse 5, it says, So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him. Crucify him. That crowd didn't feel sorry for him. Here Jesus is looking like this, absolutely humiliated, and all the crowd wants is blood. They want Jesus dead. And so from a legal perspective, Pilate knows Jesus is absolutely innocent. But from a spiritual perspective, Pilate is absolutely blind. He doesn't know who this man is. He doesn't know that this man truly is God. And so in his blindness, in his sarcasm, because when he brought the people, Jesus before the people, here Jesus is. You can't even recognize him. Pilate says, behold the man. Pilate's being sarcastic. Pilate is blind. But in his blindness and sarcasm, Pilate makes some massive theological claims that are absolutely true. And the first is, that Jesus is the man. We can't gloss over that statement. He's not just any man. He is the man, the God-man who humbled himself and became one of us. And when Pilate said, Behold the man, he was affirming he was affirming a messianic prophecy in Zechariah chapter 6 verse 12 if you got your bibles let's turn to that for a second Ze- Ze- Zechariah chapter 6 the jews have uh, come back to Jerusalem, having been in exile in Babylon for 70 years, they're rebuilding the temple. Uh, Zechariah, the prophet to uh, Judah at this time, goes to uh, Joshua, who is the high priest, and he makes this prophecy in verse 12. God says to uh, Zechariah, say this, and say to Joshua, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold the man. Now, when he says behold the man, he's not talking about Joshua, the high priest. Again, this is a messianic prophecy. Behold the man whose name is the branch. And the branch comes from the root of Jesse. There is a stem that's going to come from the root of Jesse, 
And that is King David. And from that stem is going to come a branch. And that branch is going to be the Messiah. And it says this, For he shall branch out from his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. It is he who shall build the temple of the Lord and shall bear royal honor and shall sit and rule on his throne. And there shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. And the crown shall be in the temple of the Lord as a reminder to people I can't pronounce. Verse 15, and those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord and you shall know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you and this shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Behold the man whose name is the branch. This is a prophecy of Zechariah. And this isn't the only prophecy of Zechariah in chapter 19. There's going to be two other prophecies that John mentions as well. And uh, we'll get into those later. But uh, this is what John is referring to. Pilate says this. Pilate has no idea what he's prophesying. But Pilate is reading from God's scripts that God wrote before history even began. Pilate makes this massive declaration of theological truth. Behold the man. And it is this man who will bring life from death, according to the New Testament. You know, there's two men in the in the New Testament the Bible speaks of. The first man is Adam in in whom God created in the book of Genesis. And it was through Adam that death, uh, physical death, spiritual death entered the world. The Bible says that all who come after Adam are come from the seed of Adam. The reason why this world is so messed up today is because of sin. And Adam started it all. That's the first Adam. But the Bible says that there was also a second Adam. And the second Adam is Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 19 says, For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Adam is responsible for all of everyone's sin. We are all born in the first Adam. But those who believe in Christ are born again in the second Adam, in the person of Jesus Christ, who forgives sin, who gives life, who sets people free. Yep. Jesus is the man. Behold the man who takes away the sin of the world, who is the branch, who is the temple of the living God, who's going to rule and reign for all eternity on earth. Behold.
behold the man. And so that's the first massive theological truth that's coming from this pagan ruler. The second theological truth is found in verse 14. Verse 14 says, Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. Here Jesus uh, claims to be the son of God, the, the, the claims that are being made about him, about being a king, and that he's a king of a different world, a different kingdom. Jesus doesn't deny that. He doesn't try to refute that. It's true. And uh, Pilate tries to answer, get, try to, tries to get um, Jesus to answer him. Where are you from? Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus didn't say, say, says nothing. And out of frustration, out of what he's heard, out of the fact that he can't finagle himself out of this, Pilate wants to set him free, but Pilate's in a catch-22. He's trapped if he tries to set him free. The Jews say, if you set this man free, you are no friend of Caesar. This man is a threat to Rome. He claims to be a king. And if you set him free, Caesar's going to know about this and he's going to have your neck, Caesar, or, or Pilate. There's nothing Pilate can do at this point. And out of frustration, Pilate brings Jesus wearing this crown of thorns, this purple robe, this reed as a scepter, and again, as a statement of sarcasm, as mocking this man, he says, Behold your king. And little does he know that Jesus is the king. Pilate is speaking truth. What's happening with Pilate? Pilate is being played by the living God. Pilate is reading God's script. Jesus is the king. And again, Pilate is affirming another messianic prophecy out of Zechariah. Turn back to Zechariah chapter 9. We look first at chapter 6. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. 
Zechariah prophesied. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. That day is coming. This day in verses 9, in verse 9, that happened on Sunday when Jesus entered Jerusalem and everybody shouted, Hosanna, save us, Jesus. And now here it is, Passover, Friday, and they're shouting out, crucify. And yet Pilate says in all his sarcasm, Behold your king. Church, Jesus is king. And God says that Jesus is king. Zechariah says that Jesus is king. Behold, your king is coming. Behold, their king is there. You know, when Zechariah said those words, God must have been laughing from heaven. Turn to Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2. Verse 4. You know, Pilate thinks he's fully in control of the situation. Pilate asks Jesus, Where are you from? And Jesus doesn't answer. And Pilate says, don't you know who's talking to you? I have the power to set you free and I have the authority to crucify you. Who do you think I am? Pilate thinks he's in control. God's in control. Look at verse 4. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. God's seeing all this taking place. God knows he's in control. Pilate is clueless. Psalm chapter 2 is a messianic prophecy. Let me just read all of Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. 
I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. God is in control of this moment. And John wants us to know this. You know, I believe with all my heart, as John was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words, to uh, help us understand what was happening in this moment, I believe John had his Bible open to Isaiah chapter 53, to the book of Zechariah, to Psalm chapter 22, to Psalm chapter 2. And John wants us to be fully aware that Jesus is the man, that Jesus is the king, and he can be trusted regardless of your circumstances. John chapter 19 looks like a rather hopeless situation, doesn't it? Here is the creator God standing before the people, bloodied, humiliated, mocked, about to be crucified. But in that very dark, hopeless moment, God was making a way for our salvation, for your salvation. Just like he made a way of salvation for the Israelites in the book of Exodus coming out of Egypt. And he reminded the people of Israel in Babylon that I was that God then, and I will be your God now. I am the great I am, and I am going to make a way in your wilderness, in your desert. Anybody know anything about deserts around here? There's not a whole lot of water, is there? There's not a whole lot of life. But in the dryness, in the barrenness, Jesus is the rock that brings forth the water. God makes a way. Jesus is the man. My question to you, is Jesus your man? Is Jesus your king? Don't be like Pilate. Pilate.
Pilate knew the right thing to do. But he caved in to the peer pressure. You know, he lived for the temporary rather than the long term. And the long term was surrendering your life to Christ now. Yeah, he is God. Yeah, he is king. Yeah, he is the man. Fall down and worship him. Pilate missed it. Don't be like Pilate. Surrender to him. He is the man who can deliver you from your sin that gives you new life. It's not found in the first man. It's found in the second man, in Jesus. And he's king. He's creator. He's the God of the impossible. And when things are hopeless, rest assured, church, he's making a way. He's been making a way in our church. This has been a difficult year and a half in our church. And not just our church, in cross churches across this country and around the world with this COVID situation. I feel like I've been in a fog. But God has shown me recently that he's been making a way. And God's lifting the fog. There is no situation that is hopeless if God's in it. Is he your man? Is he your king? He is the man and he is the king regardless of what you think, the decision that you make. But make the decision today wants to give you hope. He wants to make a way through your wilderness to be that river of life. But you must believe. Let's pray. Father, This was a hopeless situation from man's perspective. The disciples were witnessing this. They hadn't believed all your words and Jesus, what you said to them that was going to happen. None of this caught you by surprise, Jesus. You told them all of these things were going to occur. Jesus, you are the word. You knew the Old Testament. You knew every detail that was taking place in John chapter 19 before it ever happened. You were absolutely in control. But you humbled yourself even to the point of death 
to make a way for our salvation. Thank you. If you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, oh, you've, you've gone to church a lot maybe, you know some things about Jesus, but you've never turned your life over to him, admitted to him that you are a sinner, believe he died for your sin and can forgive Oh, friend, may today be the day of your salvation. Don't leave here without him. We're going to stand and we're going to worship in just a moment. If you need to talk to someone this morning, we'll have elders in the dining hall. We want to have that conversation with you. And then Christian, if you've kind of given up hope, can you think of a, a more hopeless situation than what Jesus is going through in John chapter 19? And yet in that moment, Jesus was fully in control, making a way for our salvation. He wants to make a way for you. Believe him. You need prayer this morning. We would love to pray for you. Father, bless this time of invitation. Thank you for your living word that speaks to every situation that we go through. God, use it in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me as we worship him?